Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series on the hospitality tabletop industry. Now, here's your host, Dave Turner. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our Seat Yourself podcast. And as most of you know by now, I'm sure, I'm Dave Turner, and I'm your host here at Seat Yourself. And Seat Yourself, of course, is our weekly podcast where we cover the news and the items of interest in really anything that's relevant within the food service and hospitality industry. By the way, this is episode number 120 of Seat Yourself, and it's published the week of July 19th, 2021. And today, we're back in Studio B of the Tabletop Journal Studios. After a brief break where we visit our Northern HQ up in the great state of Maine, it's great to be back in Tabletop Journal's home base of Baltimore, right here on America's East Coast. And today, I'm very excited about today's guest and the conversation that we're going to have with him. Today, we head back into the senior living sector, where we are visited by Roger Least from the Brightview Senior Living Centers. And given the aging of our population, not only here in America, but all around the globe, senior living and healthcare is, I, I really think, a fast-growing and critically important sector. And within that sector, dining experience, of course, is all important. And today's guest, Roger Least, he's the Director of Corporate Dining Services for Brightview. And we'll discuss all of that. And of course, along with that, we're going to be discussing the importance of tabletop within that overall dining experience. So, with all of that, let's give a big warm welcome, a seat yourself welcome, to Roger Least, Corporate Director of Dining Services for Brightview Senior Living Centers. And everybody, let's give a big warm welcome to Roger Lees from Brightview Senior Living. Roger, welcome to seat yourself. It's a thrill to have you here with us today. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Like many of our guests, Roger, when we get started, I always have very interesting backgrounds, and, and and your background is interesting because you have a really an operational background, and I'm always curious to see how food and beverage people come up through the ranks and whatever. Can you give our listeners a snapshot, a little bit about how you got to be where you are today, and, and certainly what led you to the senior living, uh, that sector? Sure. You know, my first job at 16 years old was washing dishes <laughs> in, in a commercial kitchen and uh, went up through there, you know, was waiting tables, bartending through college. So that had always been, you know, part of what I knew and, and grew up with. You know, through college, it was, uh, I was thinking about communications. I was thinking about being in radio, to be very honest with you. Uh -oh. And <laughs> and then you know, with that, it kind of shifted and I uh, found myself you know, working in, in hospitality. And in hospitality, it is about you know, being able to do everything at a moment's notice. You're truly a jack of all trades. So worked through the, uh, the ranks there and, and ended up finding myself back in kitchens, kind of bringing it full circle. Well, you know, it's amazing, too. I started also as a dishwasher, but I was washing pots and pans because I was afraid I would break too many uh, of the dishes. But it, I'm always amazed at how many people in this world started in the food service sector, in the, in the hospitality sector, and particularly in the back of the house operations kind of thing. And where they all end up after that. I mean, it, it is just amazing. I, I really think you you learn a lot back there. Uh, you learn how to communicate. You, you learn how to move fast. 
And uh, I think it, it, it's critical for growing up. I know, uh, you know, I have uh, uh, some sons and I would love to be able to, to say they started their, you know, first job in back of house of a kitchen. You learn a lot there. Yeah, I would, I would think I was like 12 years old. And I'm not going to tell you I learned every cuss word back there, <laughs> but I learned a lot of them. Let's put it that way. And it, so it was pretty, it was pretty succinct communication. Let's put it that no way. No question. You uh, absolutely need to learn how to move on your feet uh, and think on your feet. So it's a, uh, it's, it's a great learning experience. Now you did something else. I was I was looking into your background a little bit, and if I got this right, that you finished up college while you were actually. And I don't want to jump ahead to some of the other jobs that you had, but uh, finished while you were working uh, full time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I was not easy to no, do. No, it's not. But you know, you have to you have to be able to, to pay the bills. So that was that was key, and yeah. uh, it certainly learned a lot about time management through that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, having done a little bit of that work stuff uh, while you're going to school, I, yeah, that's 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 hard. And and um, let's put it this way: kudos to you for doing that. And uh, I'm sure you're right; you're juggling a lot of balls when you do that. You work for a company now, Brightview Senior Living, Fortune 100 best companies to work for. I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud to be a part of that organization. Wow! Congratulations, man. Thank you. And you're a big, you're kind of a big wheel there too. So you might have had a lot to do with that, huh? How about well, that? Well, I can tell you one thing. It, I, I would love to be able to say that I had uh, a part in that, but quite honestly, this this organization is from the ground up is built with its culture in mind, and that was one of the real attractions to this organization. As I was uh, looking to make a change, I saw how this organization posted its job descriptions, and it was different than anything else. And when, when I saw that, it's like, this is something that, that I need to be a part of. It was a, a time in my career where I, I needed to make the change. And that change was going to be with a company that you know had a strong culture, a culture that focused on the associates, focused on the residents, truly made an impact. And I found that. I'm, I am very grateful for that. You know, it's amazing, too. And we focus a lot on the food service category, hospitality in general, but on the supplier side. And I'm often asked the questions like, you know, what hot new products did you see and all that? And, and certainly there are great new products and great companies and all that. But more and more, you, just what you just said about culture, more and more, it's the companies and their culture that I find fascinating. And I think that for companies that are successful over the long haul, culture really is a big, big driver to that. So it's great to hear you talk about that a little bit. Uh, tell us a little bit more about, I mean, people listening to this from the Mid-Atlantic on the East Coast of the United States, but there's going to be listeners all over the world. So tell us a little bit more about what Brightview Senior Living is. Absolutely. So uh, Brightview Senior Living uh, focuses on the senior living experience, uh, creating vibrancy throughout our communities. And within these communities, we have uh, independent living, assisted living, and memory care, which uh, we call our Wellspring Village. Um, so we uh, work within those three facets, and I think we, we do it very well. And it's a, a true pleasure to be able to, to serve the different types of, of residents that we, we have within our care. Yeah, I, I think that we all have this innate feeling that uh, senior living is growing and, and growing pretty rapidly, actually. Uh, but is that really the case? You know, it, it is. And it's. I truly feel that we're, we're at a crossroads right now in, in senior living. It was a it's a situation where the focus right now is so many people want to you know age in place. And then there within that, there's some challenges. There's some challenges for the family members of these individuals to be able to provide the level of care that, that they need. 
on the flip side, you know, who knows what's what's happening with the housing market now. And, and for those individuals that are considering downsizing, you know, so it seems like now's a very good time to do that. So, you know, we're uh, it, it truly is a, a unique time to be in, in the senior living industry. And and you know, we are, of course, recovering from a, from a pandemic like everybody else. So we're approaching this with eyes opened and ready to do good. Coming out of the pandemic, let's talk a little bit about that. You have you mentioned you have three different categories. I'll, I'll use that word: uh, independent living, assisted living, and memory care. How's that changed for you coming out of the pandemic? Well, right now, I think the the biggest thing that that we're experiencing is is being able to you know breathe a sigh of, of relief coming out of this uh, of this pandemic. You know, certainly there were some some impacts during this. I think one of the things that we experienced the most that was really the most devastating for all of us was the the isolation that uh, you know, our residents were were required to be in based off of what we were learning day by day and literally having to pivot minute by minute and from a, a, a dining standpoint, from a food service standpoint, we would go through and, and be able to, to serve a meal. So let's say we're serving breakfast one way and then something happens and, and we have to change. And within an hour, we're going to have to you know, serve lunch a completely different way. That's a true challenge for the operation. So my, uh, my kudos and, and a round of applause to, to the teams that had to you know, make those changes at a moment's notice throughout our 42 different communities. Yeah, I was going to say the uh, use the word before uh, I think associates and and all the people that work on the front lines. I'm amazed at at uh, the adaptability, whether it be in the in the senior living center uh, this world or the restaurants or the hotels, whatever uh, retailers. All the all the pivoting and agility that they've had to experience uh, had to uh, do during the pandemic. I, I think there's been so many changes and probably. Coming out, uh, I, I'm sure there's still people putting it all back together. That's true, but they're the ones, the survivors, and the people who were agile and and nimble enough to make those fast decisions and quick changes. They're probably a lot stronger now. Would you agree with that? Uh, I couldn't agree more. I think we learned so much during this. It was almost an afterthought because right now it's literally just survival. We're trying to get to the next day. Now that things have have calmed down and I'm using my my air quotations a little bit, but have, we've started approaching a, a, a normal, but it truly is a new normal because we can reflect back on what did we learn? You always have to be, you know, ready to go and, and pardon the pun, but putting out fires, you know, when you're working in, in food service. But this was at a completely different level. And we can look back on it now and say, wow, we were able to maneuver that. We were successful maneuvering that. So, you know, with, with challenges that will be coming in the future, we can look back on this and say, uh, you know what? It gives us perspective. I think it's a helpful thing and a, a, it was a, a true learning opportunity for us. The difficulty and the challenges and, and all that uh, of while you're in the fire, so to speak, going through it. But once you are through it, and I wouldn't say we're 100% out of the way yet. It seems like it depends on what part of the world you are. But you learn how strong you really can be. And in and, and the go forward, I think all of us, uh, in terms of adaptability, strength, what you can endure, how long you can endure it for. And, and, and again, I'm not saying that anything's over yet, but, but we, we've all, society in general, around the world, and it's not just here in the U.S., but obviously, but around the world, has been through a lot the last 15, 18 months. Absolutely right. 
Yeah. I, I, I want to get into, you mentioned before, talking about mealtime, resident dining. How, talk about the importance of resident dining in the senior living and healthcare industry. Sure. It's critical. I mean, you are talking about three guaranteed times for socialization and, and interaction. And with the population that we serve, that's uh, it's critical for them. And that was one of the, the, the true deficits that we had to, to work through during a, a pandemic where people were required to be in, you know, in their apartments. It was difficult to be able to monitor, you know, their intake and you know, were they getting the nutrition they needed. So that, you know, having to pivot through that was, was a challenge. But you know, now that we're able to go and get folks back into a, uh, the dining rooms and be able to have that socialization and, and to hear people laughing and talking and it's good for the soul. It really is. Uh, you know, not, not just for, for the body, you know, with the nutrition and the, the food intake that you have, it's truly good for the soul. And it's good for us because we get to walk around and, and see the interaction and we get to, to be able to touch tables and, 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 you know, make sure that our residents are, have smiles on their faces and, and you know, are getting what they need. Mealtime in, in senior living and in healthcare situation, mealtime is a lot more than just nutritional time. It's mental health time. It's uh, interaction time. It's socialization. It's a lot more to it. I, 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 having experienced some of that in my own family, whatever, you see that live firsthand. And, and you realize how certainly how critical the, the dietary requirements are, but also th- that mealtime experience really is uh, is something very special. And it's one thing I noticed in, in, in my own personal experiences was is learning that how important those points in the day were, mealtime points, people looking forward to the, the dinner meal, the lunch meal, whatever. And so they were very, very important, far beyond the dietary requirements. Truly the milestones throughout the day, right? Your, your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you can mark your day, yeah. day throughout. And if, if that is a uh, an opportunity and they're looking forward to not just the offerings, but, you know, the, the, so, the interaction, you know, we're doing things right. Before we take a break, I, I, I listen, we're a tabletop-oriented publication, tabletop journal, and I can't let you go, uh, let this segment go without asking about how, what your thoughts are about the role of tabletop in all that mealtime experience. Well, I, I can tell you, being able to, to get back to a, a sense of, of normal and have our, our tables set ready, China Glass Silver with you know our our custom bound menus and uh, menu covers it, it's critical we we're really shooting for a, a high-end restaurant experience uh, regardless Great. of the level of care that <laughs> that uh, we we have with our residents and in some cases you know there's a service plan in place for somebody that you know might have difficulty and we'll certainly go through and, and do that but we really want to focus on having that resident feel like they are in an upscale restaurant that's literally an elevator right away. So that's... Yeah, you know, uh, well, one of the things we talk about on the supplier side, when I'm talking to suppliers, is is talking about the this issue of dining with dignity, and uh, there's so many more new products coming out that are helpful to people, particularly people with disabilities and people who have difficulty challenges just f- feeding themselves or whatever. And I think that the manufacturers of all types have really made a uh, a lot of progress in terms of developing unique and, and and great products for that. So to enhance that overall dining 
coming straight so more people can p- participate and uh, and also and frankly in, in in addition to the socialization as we talked about it also helps with uh, getting the, the plenty of calories the, the dietary requirements uh, into into your residence so that's that's always a good thing absolutely and I'm, I'm glad you brought up the the word dignity it's critical and it's yeah. uh, the, <laughs> in the forefront of our minds uh, regardless of, of the situation we want to make sure that you know our residents you know have that level of dignity that, that they very much so deserve. Yeah, I, th- I think that's really an important part, and it's it's all about self-esteem. It's all about choices, and uh, as we get older, I, I think we all want to control as much as we can our own lives, and certainly dining and feeding yourself is, is at, one, at one of the more basic places in all of that. So, everybody, we're here with Roger Least. Roger, you are the Corporate Dining Director for Brightview Senior Living. Is that right? That's correct. Correct. But we're here with Roger and we're going to take a break for a minute and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about how Roger and his team got things back as fast as possible to the normalcy post-pandemic. I know we're still sort of coming out of this, but we want to talk, Roger, a little bit about what you're doing now and some of the things that you carried forward that you learned throughout the pandemic era. Sounds great. Right back. More with Roger Least. This episode of Seat Yourself is sponsored in part by the Edward Don and Company. Everything but the food for nearly a hundred years. And if you have not yet signed up for Tabletop Journal's bi-monthly newsletter, now would be a great time to do so. Go to tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. It's a quick and easy sign up and a great way to stay on top of all the important going-ons in the world of hospitality tabletop. That's tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. Now, back to our podcast. And welcome back, everybody. We're here with Roger Least. Roger is the Corporate Dining Director for Brightview Senior Living. Roger, real quick, how many units, Brightview? We have 42, currently 42 communities. Uh, by the end of the year, we'll have 45. Wow, forty-five. That's that's a lot. I, I, before I, we took the break, I mentioned that. Uh, and by the way, they're all pretty much in the Mid-Atlantic area: Washington D.C., Baltimore, Richmond, yeah, up and down the ninety-five corridor, up yep. as far as Boston, and, and oh, as far as Boston, I didn't know that. Okay, on the east coast of America, folks. For you, for anybody in Europe and uh, beyond listening, Raj. Before we took the break, we we wanted to talk about some of the protocols and practices that you implemented in the last eighteen months and. Any of those that you're keeping as you go forward? Yeah, that's a great question. We we actually had some some discussion around that, saying you know we worked very hard and, and created uh, an unprecedented amount of protocols to to get us through uh, this. this I can imagine. And to then we, we definitely pivoted and turned around and said, um, which ones do we want to keep? So you know, one of the things I think that is is so critical that we never gave enough thought to, and and very few restaurants do is that the, the cleaning and sanitizing practices that almost, you know, we felt were uh, above and beyond, but we needed to do that in the middle of a, uh, of a pandemic like this. We're keeping those in place. Frankly, it's just good practice, right? You know, we want to focus on, on our menu covers and, and, you know, ensure that, you know, they're clean and sanitized after every use. And uh, we have to rethink some of the materials that we used. Like, for example, we had a, a, a menu in, in our pubs that was, had a cork backing, looked very good, but cork is a porous substance. We do not want to use that any longer. So we've removed those and gone with a, 
uh, a different material. But it's those things that we really had to, to think about and add to our everyday practices now, you know, up even going forward uh, past the pandemic. Yeah, I, I think that we were talking briefly in the break. I think some of the people that, that work in, in your centers and your communities, I, I think people who do the types of work that your communities do, really special people. And I've seen it firsthand and and what a difference each individual can make on a, on a daily and hourly basis just by their interactions with your residents. You got any great stories during the pandemic uh, about uh, people that might have gone or, or communities that might have gone over and above and beyond uh, some great stories about what ha- some of the people that uh, the work that performed by your associates? I certainly do. And I can tell you what, to, to your first point, you're 100% right. The people that that are, are, are doing this day in and day out, they are incredible. And that's one of the things that uh, you can draw so many parallels between, you know, senior living, healthcare, and, and hospitality, so many parallels. Uh, but the thing that stands out truly between the two is, is love. I mean, these these folks love what they do. They love the residents they, they care for. It makes all the difference in the world. But to give an example, you know, as we had to change how we were doing our, our service and we still had to go through and, and we were doing three meals a day. We were still doing happy hours on on mobile carts through the hallways uh, of, of our communities. And, and one of the things that, that stood out the most is that uh, while uh, a particular team in a community, the residents were in their apartments, they were everything was in apartment dining, everything was was delivery. And uh, the team there would go through in, in their little to-go containers with the food, would write little notes to the residents on them. Oh, nice. And as they go through, they deliver their meals. Each of the, their little cartons would have a, a note on there. And it was, gosh, I, w- I want to say it was uh, you know, two to three weeks after the, the fact. I got a picture sent to me that a housekeeper went in to assist one of the residents. And in, that, in the, their apartment, that resident kept every single one of those lids that had the notes written on them and nice. actually ha- had them posted in their apartment just as a reminder that, you know, they were being cared for. And, you know, hearing that, seeing the, 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 those yeah. pictures, absolutely amazing. It, it, it makes it all worth it. Yeah, I mean, it's the, those are the things that when we're talking with hotel and actually anybody really in food service, that desire to serve others, it's almost something that you can teach the mechanics of service, but you can't teach that what needs to be inside you and that service mentality, serving others. And no place could I imagine that is it more important than in the senior living and healthcare sectors. Uh, it really is. It, it comes from there. And when I talk about people being, quote unquote, special people. That's what I mean. I mean, you, you, that is something that love and that care that's inside the, your associates and all the hard work they do. And oftentimes it's little things, a handwritten note. I mean, it's just, a, it's the a little touches. It's, uh, you know, just a, a smile. And, and, and they're not things that are expensive, but I'll go all the way back to when you started talking about Brightview and the reason that you were attracted to them was the culture of Brightview Senior Living. And that is a cultural, when you see people smiling, doesn't cost a thing, but when you see people smiling who have had a grueling day, particularly during a pandemic, that's cultural. And they get up every day 
come to work with a smile and the intention to do good things for your residents. That's that's pretty impressive. So, and I love that story about the notes. The late, did you get a picture of the board with all no, the? I did. I did. Yeah. It, it, and they they were all over. I can't even tell you how many that there were, but yeah, if you kind of you know tore the tops off of the, the lids off of the containers and just had them up just as a reminder, and it was it, truly that that moment where we we said okay as limited as we are we're still making an impact and to your point those impactful things the most impactful things they're always free we've got to we've got to get in the right mindset to be able to to do those things on a regular basis and put those at the forefront of our mind although i just went out and bought some of those 3m sticky pads the other day and they're very expensive so they're not quite free <laughs> that's so. true that's yeah, true. I mean, we're gonna, but but I'm thinking now, geez, if I was a server or an associate in, in, in that community where somebody saved them all, a lot of pressure on me, and, I, and that was not one of my residents that I was caring for, a lot of pressure on me now to take care of better care of my residents. See, I have to kind of up the bar a little bit. So that's all That's all cool stuff. Listen, stuff. A, little, a little bit of competition, uh, friendly competition is never a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned a few things, Roger, but during the pandemic, what other kinds of things did you do to make the, the mealtime a really a special time besides the notes and, and, and checking in on people? Anything else? To- we were checking in, you know, obviously, in, in many cases, we had to check in with the residents by phone and, you know, we're, you know, seeing how things are going, asking if there was something specific that they'd like. Uh, I had mentioned earlier, you know, we would do whatever we could to impact their experience. And, and don't forget, I mean, this pandemic, obviously, you know, this happened throughout you know, a number of major holidays. So we had to, you know, in case we would actually go, we prepared a turkey, full turkey, dressing the whole nine yards for Thanksgiving and started just wheeling it down the hallways. Because you know what? We wanted people to start smelling it's turkey time yeah, yeah, yeah. uh so that's great uh, we would wheel it through we'd let people you know take a look at it you know we would actually you know go through and, and everyone was socially distanced and but in the middle of a of a hallway we would go through and it's carving the turkey time so uh just to give people that little bit of something that hopefully would be a less you know negatively impacted you know major holiday and it, it was it, it was sad but how we had to to do some of these things during these holidays really I think showed the residents, you know, how hard we were trying uh, and and they certainly were appreciative of it. You talk about the impact on the residents. I'm going to go to the secondary audience that you have, the families. How, because oftentimes the residents are, are certainly the main audience here, main customer base, if you want to see it that way for Brightview. But what about the families and the, of, of the residents? And because oftentimes they sit some faraway place, and how do you let them know that their loved ones are being uh, well taken care of? So, yeah, great, great point. And, and the the adult, you know, sons and daughters of of, of our residents, there we can't forget about them. Like we, it was sad because we, you know, we've just gotten now to the point where we're able to have them back in in our communities yep. and be able to see the vibrancy and have those visits. So, you know, that that's key. But to keep them in, in the loop throughout this, I mean, it was our executive directors and the teams of the communities were, were you know, sending out letters on a weekly basis, just giving them updates on where things were. You know, they were having regular video calls. And, and you know, now it seems like second nature, but how quickly you know, video conferencing came into play. You know, throughout a number of different events, we would be recording these events and and be able to go through and send those out to the family members. And you know, because mom or dad were you know were participating in, in this event virtually, but they could see that and and you know really ensuring that we we had the technology in place. So these 
sons and daughters could talk to mom or dad, you know, over video chat and, and see how things were going. And even in some cases, you'd be able to do, you know, window visits and, and that type of thing. And when we were able to, you know, first get people together outside and the weather broke a little bit, you know, that there was a huge sigh of relief there as well. And I think that those family members were appreciative to, to be able to spend time with their loved one. And we were appreciative to be able to, to you know, make that happen. Yeah, I think it's uh, that the best communication can come from the residents themselves to their family, their other family members. But I think that communication, because oftentimes, uh, you know, again, personal situation, uh, you, you end up, even even though you may be uh, far away, you're still involved in the decision making of what goes on with your loved one. You've had uh, such a great background. You're a well-spoken guy. You've, you've done all kinds of different stuff. You, but you didn't come out of the hospitality business per se. You didn't go to school for that. You did, work, did, did a stint with Sheridan. How have all these experiences, the wide variety of experience you have in covering nearly all areas of operations, how have they helped you in the current position as director of corporate dining? I think it's all about you know customer service. What you're able to to learn throughout hospitality and be able to bring that into a, a healthcare or senior dining environment, you know, it comes from having the understanding of of what true customer service is, and that's that's listening. That's root cause. You know, while we talk about customer service, you know, being able to to do amazing things for individuals quite often it's just the little things of being able to actually listen and hear what the concern may be or or what uh, an individual truly wants and be able to uh, address that and act on it i think that translates very well into all manners of of uh, operations in in senior living senior dining hospitality in hospitality overall, I'd say also, whether you're in restaurants, fast food, whatever, the people who do what you, the things you just described, listen, starting with listening, they tend to be the the chains that have a great culture for that. They tend to be the businesses that are more successful, I think, in life. So final question this morning, where do you see the senior dining category headed in the future? I know that's sort of a, uh, I know you're, you're an operations guy, you're all, but you're, you're really focused on corporate dining here at, Bright, at Brightview. And any changes you see coming or where do you see that headed in the future? Oh, I think there, there are a number of changes. You know, if we, we take a look at the, the population that we're serving right now, it's you know, still very much a, you know, a meat and potatoes type of group. But as we progress further and, you know, the, the next generation of individuals, you know, needing our services and, and our care, you know, we need to do a lot of growth when it comes to the different lifestyle diets that are out there. You know, there are a number of them and, and you know, I don't think we necessarily do a great job right now of, of, of addressing those. So from a, a senior dining perspective, you know, that's where I, I see this going. I think we're going to need to, to be a, a lot more aggressive with our, our lifestyle diets you know, focusing on, on vegan, you know, focusing, you know, hard on, on gluten-free and dairy-free products and those type of things. So I think there's a, there's a big move uh, to that. And I know one of the things that I'm working on with my team and, and the chefs that, that we have is, you know, what are some of these options that we can provide now? Because while they're, they're not as frequent, we're getting more and more of them. Of these type of requests. So, you know, our, our team's working real hard to, to help boost us into the future and, and have some you know, lifestyle diet alternative options um, for residents per their request. 
Yeah, I, I think too today's consumers just in general are much more food and beverage savvy than ever before. And they're more well-traveled than ever before. They're much more sophisticated in terms of the foods that they're eating. And they're used to, I would say, a wider variety of ethnic type foods or foods that are particularly healthy for them. So the, the, the customers on all fronts, hospitality, restaurants, senior living, is demanding a higher level of uh, food and beverage. And I think they're smarter about it. Oh, you're 100% right. And then to your point, you know, the, the, the Mediterranean diet and, and the benefits that uh, yeah. that has is, is you know, one of the ones that is, is becoming more and more common. So, yeah, we're, we're trying to remain there on, on that curve and be ahead of the curve to, to, to bring some of these offerings to our residents. Final point. Uh, what should people know about Brightview Senior Living that makes them different than any other senior living uh, or uh, healthcare facility? They may- if somebody's out there listens to uh, you know, this conversation and is trying to make a decision about senior living for somebody in, the, in their circle of loved ones, what would be that big differentiator? Well, I can tell you uh, on multiple different uh, aspects. It's, it's the vibrancy that we you know, thrive on. Uh, within our communities. Certainly, I, I would be remiss to, to not mention our, our dining programs. It's key to have a an opportunity to remain. While we have 42 different communities, you know, these 42 communities are unique in, in their offerings. They, they do things that are focused regionally, seasonally. For example, here in Maryland, where, where I'm at now, you know, crab cake. It's got to be the right crab cake or, or we're going to get ourselves in trouble. Up in Boston, if we're not doing a good lobster roll, we're making You're mistakes. Called out on it. Yeah, we absolutely are. So it, it's one of those things that's we, we want to make sure that we are you know, doing what makes sense for the residents, the involvement of the residents from a food committee standpoint. So they give us what they want to eat and, and we do our best to prepare that for them. That type of interaction, I think, really differentiates Brightview Senior Living. Well, you know, you talked about the culture right from the beginning, and I think that culture of caring and listening and, and all that and really uh, coming from the heart comes through from you personally, Roger. And I really appreciate your time today. It's great learning more about you, great learning more about Brightview Senior Living. Do you want to give a plug for the website where people can go find out a little bit more about Brightview? Certainly. We can get to www.brightviewseniorliving.com. Take a look, and I think they'll, they'll be happy with what they see. Great. Roger, I really appreciate your time today. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, love to have you back on sometime and talk more uh, in depth about some specific parts of the senior living sector, but great having you with us today. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you, Dave. That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, please be sure to check out www.tabletopjournal.com.